You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock here. Eric Crocker not here right now. It's like an episode. Do you remember the 80s movie? By the way, I'm here with, this is a Winky Wednesday episode. Nicholas Winkler on the program right now. Nick, do you hold on? Nicholas Winkler, come on! <laughs> we got to bring you in yeah. proper. Good, Wink, good. do you remember the 1980s comedy Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Of course. Yeah, that's uh, I believe Croc is more Steve Martin than John Candy right now on his adventure across the country. He lives in Arkansas now, but he's going back to California, so he's on his way back. Uh, he might join us during this episode. We'll find out. Uh, I, I wanted to talk to you, Wink, about what's going on with the 49ers after this bye week now, and. Matt Mayoko spoke with John Lynch, NBC Sports Bay Area, and I think there's a, a couple of takeaways from it. And I want to run some of those by you, and we have a ton of questions from the listeners as we get ready for Week 7, and the 49ers bye week is now done. Weeks 7 through 18 now will be straight 49ers football with no gaps. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. At Bay Area Wink is where you can find Nicholas Winkler. At Eric underscore Crocker is where you can find Eric Crocker, who I think is going to jump in here at some point. We'll see if he surprises us. This episode is also brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. McDonald's. I'm loving it. You know what I'm loving, Wink? What's that? It's kind of like old times. It's just... It's just Peacock and Wink right now. This is like 2014, 2015 Gold Faithful podcast. I don't even remember what year it was we were doing that podcast. Um, it was the uh, it was the year that that the 49ers. Oh man, who who was their quarterback back then? Cap. I want to say. Was I mean, it, it was Cap? Ka- it was Kaepernick until 2016, wow. but it was You're right because we were talking like Blaine Gabbard and stuff. Oh yeah, well yeah, because there was an, an injured year. I had mm-hmm. no clothes. Just had a, a pair of sweats. The uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was the Chip Kelly area. The era That's that was right. the, the Chip Kelly. He he got hired and flew to Santa Clara with no clothes. Yeah, so he had to buy a Genius. new suit. I'm sure he got fitted for that. There was this he was one. Excited man. Yeah, how about this one? Do you remember this? I'll leave profanities out. I realize that that's a lame answer. I mean, Jed York was under the bus back in those days. Those were bad times, and I still love those sound effects. I, I'm glad I got a chance to use those. That's good. That's good. I like this. Time machine. <laughs> but are the 49ers in crisis right now? That was Oof. a question, and that's an interesting question for Matt Mayoko because he's not one for hyperbole, and he mm. asked John Lynch that. And the fact that John Lynch wanted to sit down with Matt Mayoko, like, it, it, does that mean... I think Grant Cohn, as Grant Cohn put it on Twitter, if John Lynch has to sit down with Matt Mayoko to say there's not a crisis, then there's a crisis. <laughs> I mean, and I like, I kind of get it. Like, maybe it's just a bi week thing, or maybe it's just John Lynch be like, look, people, calm down. We're a good team and we're going to win. So I don't know. Did, like, like, what's your, what's your take right now after you've kind of watched, didn't watch this team play this week, had a chance to not watch football, not watch the 49ers play for a week? Like, well, what are your feelings about this team? You think they're going to turn the corner, figure some things out the rest of this year? I mean, coming into the season, you know, there were expectations, right? I mean, you're talking about a team here that's two years removed or two seasons removed from a Super Bowl. And uh, and they went out and, you know, gave up a bunch of draft picks for the future quarterback. And 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 then they came out and they went two and three. 
you know, they lost three straight. They won the two games they were supposed to win. And, you know, you thought they might pick up a win or two there, you know, out of the last three games and they didn't. And, but they, they played well, they were in those games. Like they didn't get destroyed. I think that people that are panicking right now and freaking out and everything like that, uh, they just expected more. They expected the 49ers to be like five and zero right now. And that, that that's hard, you know, to do in the NFL. It's really a difficult thing. I'm not freaking out. I, I get why John Lynch would want to get in front of this, why he'd want to get out there and say like, Hey guys, look, look, there's no crisis. Even if, you know, the, it's burning down behind him, you know, like he's going to stand there and be like, guys, nothing to see here. Everything's fine. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. wouldn't you do the same? It's dude. First of all, John Lynch, if, if something goes, if this goes South with the 49ers, he should go run for office because he's yeah. really good at some of his answers he had. And I think some of it he had ready to go, but yeah. uh, just the way, and like the, the, the answer to that question of, is there a crisis with the team? He said, there's not a crisis. Is a long, these are long seasons. He said, but it has to start now and yeah. we need to find out who we are. And I thought that was an interesting quote from John Lynch because I have talked about that many times on the show. I think we talked about it maybe either last Wednesday or the Wednesday before Croc and I have mentioned it. The 49ers, after five weeks, it's weird to really not have a good vibe of who the team is. You kind of expect one thing, not really seeing the thing you're expecting. I think they can turn it around to be really good, but they haven't proven that since, you know, two Januaries ago that they're a really good football team, right? So, right. Uh, like, I, I don't know who this team is, and I'm kind of waiting to find out. And it's interesting that I've been saying that for a while, and to hear John Lynch, the GM of the team, say that very thing. Right. I mean, that's just it. I don't think they know who they are, right? I mean, they came into the season, Raheem Mostert, this whole, you know, couple of rookie running backs behind him, Jeff Wilson, like, we got this, guys. We're going to ground and pound. We're going to control the clock. Our defense is going to do it. It's like injury, 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 injury. Like, they couldn't do what they wanted to do. So I think they're still kind of trying to figure that out, too. One of the things John Lynch said is there's self-inflicted wounds in these losses. And then really good teams don't lose back-to-back games, and they certainly don't lose three in a row, and we have to fix it. So he at least acknowledged, like, there's something to be fixed. He, he didn't right. gloss over it as if, ah, oh, you know, every team loses three games. And he didn't go back and tell a story about, oh, well, when I was in Tampa Bay, we lost three games in a row in, in week five and had a bye week and then win, and won a Super Bowl. He didn't say that either. So he acknowledged that there's something to be fixed right now with the 49ers and that good teams just don't go out there and lose back-to-back games and especially don't lose three in a row. Yeah, and, and that was a, a tough three-game stretch. I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. And let's not kid ourselves that they could have won all three of those football games. You know, so a, a win against Indianapolis Sunday night and things look a whole lot better. You know, you, you start the, the ship down the right path, right? I mean, this, this, is, this is a big week for the 49ers. It's going to be interesting to see who plays quarterback for them because I, I know Trey Lance still still out there with that knee. I don't know if he's actually practicing yet. Like, it's big question marks, man. Yeah, it, it's kind of a question mark, and it's funny because for the network, we're doing these social media videos where we have the biggest question for the week, and then we have the biggest key to victory, you know, and we're doing these little social videos. And I did my video on Tuesday about the 49ers' biggest question, and I was like, this is the same stinking question we've been asking since March. <laughs> Who's the quarterback, right? Right. But – and. and and Mayoko asked John Lynch that question, and it basically was like, what has to happen for Trey to start? And Lynch basically said it will take care of itself. Nah, eh, don't like yeah. that answer. Uh, you got to do what's best to win each game. Talked about Trey's knee, and basically the way he laid it out there, and even the question, the way it was laid out from Mayoko, and I kind of think as they talked, Mayoko started to realize, okay, well, this is basically what you're saying is Jimmy's the starter. So right. I, I think... I would probably bet my mortgage that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start this week if they're both healthy 
or if only Jimmy's healthy, obviously. But really the only way that Trey Lance is going to play right now or in the very near future is if Jimmy can't play like we saw in that one game that Trey started. Right. And, and that's what the 49ers want. They don't want to rush Trey in there, which makes sense. You know, he's a rookie. He played it, which essentially D2 football, you know, and he hasn't played that many games. Like, it makes perfect sense. He, he's gotten his feet wet. You know, he got out there. He got a start. He got a full week of practice before that start. You know, he he's seen it now. Now let him sit back and watch again. You know, put put Jimmy back in there. Put the leader back in there. Put the guy that led you to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. And, and let the kid watch. I, I think that is best for everyone involved. I'm going to ask you really quick the same question I asked Croc earlier this week, um, and and or actually it was last week. The question is, is what we saw from Trey Lance, like the bad, raw Trey Lance that we saw, like that's kind of the worst probably. I mean, there will be some ebbs and flows. Maybe he'll have worse games than that, you know, but if, against a good team, bad, raw Trey Lance, is that even worse than sort of, you know, regular old Jimmy? Like, is that a worse opportunity to win, right? Like, because Jimmy hasn't necessarily looked like a guy that was just putting the team on his back and going to win in a bunch of football games. Like, the 49ers won the two games they were expected to win and lost the three games where you would hope they could beat a good team. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, has Jimmy ever been that guy? You know, has Jimmy ever been the guy that's just like, I mean, he's had a couple of great games where you're like, yeah, okay, because of Garoppolo, the 49ers probably won that game. But it's also, he's always had a really good running game. You know, I, I keep going back to it. I know I keep harping on this over and over, like the injuries in the in the running back room, you know, that, that's been huge for them. And I think that Jimmy is serviceable. He's a guy that most likely is not going to lose you a game. Yeah, he might throw an interception or two, but Every quarterback throws interceptions. I, I don't think that that Jimmy's going to be the reason that that the 49ers don't succeed this season. It's not on Jimmy. Right. And they've kind of been built that way. But then right. that also, to me, says, well, look, if you're not built that way anyway, then maybe maybe play the other guy i don't, I don't know <laughs> because he's not he doesn't give you less of a chance to win right maybe he's less comfortable maybe he makes your coach less comfortable but we've seen with these rookie quarterbacks can happen quickly and maybe by week nine he is comfortable but okay, maybe but he can't get there if he's just sitting there watching jimmy practice every week do you think the 49ers win that game against the cardinals if jimmy g is the starter no no no. Oh, I don't know. Trey made a lot of mistakes, especially early. They moved like, the ball they... better against the Cardinals. Like, the scoreboard doesn't tell the entire story. They moved the ball sure. better against the Cardinals, and it's not like Jimmy G's offenses against these other teams have, have in at least three of the four games, they've scored one time in the first half, you know? So yeah. it, it's not like they're lighting the scoreboard on fire, except for against the worst team in the NFL that doesn't have any wins in week one in the Detroit Lions. And they actually almost came back and beat the 49ers. Yeah, well, yeah, Let's not forget about other, that. It, that was way too close of a football game against <laughs> a, a team that is is getting beaten soundly just about every single week. Although they did have that one game where they almost beat the Vikings, too. They almost beat the Ravens, too. I mean, let's not forget a an all-time long field goal to beat them, you know? Their head coach has cried post-game, uh, has said his quarterback is basically terrible post-game. So that's not a good situation. That's not where you want to be just barely better than that team. Yeah, 49ers, relax. It could always be worse. You could be Lions you could, fans. Hey, relax. You could be the Lions fans. You could be Bears fans and, and never have a good quarterback instead of multiple Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So it could be worse. Let's come back. Let's hear a little bit more from John Lynch. Let's hear some from the listeners as well on this Winky Wednesday. This episode of Lockdown 49ers brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable 
food, friends and family showing up to reconnect. You bring a bag of food back home, uh, a place where classmates can meet up. You do a study group. They've got dependable Wi-Fi even. And, of course, endless supplies of french fries and i know my son is a fiend already for french fries at three years old as was i for mcdonald's fries back in the day win or lose mcdonald's is a place where teammates competitors the home team can come to recharge on a road trip rest your legs and refuel the post game little league game stop right you stop in maybe even with the whole team at mcdonald's grab some burgers and fries and some some nuggets so head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Maybe even listen to a Locked On 49ers podcast while you're there on their dependable Wi-Fi McDonald's. I'm loving it. All right, 49ers fans, there's an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's $0.50 cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. GetUpside has a deal with certain gas stations and grocery stores, and they get more business from those of you that use the GetUpside app, and you get cash back when you shop or get gas at those businesses. It's a win-win. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card. Super easy. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that bonus of up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN on the Get Upside app. Eric Crocker. Come on down. Can't believe it. Croc, what's happening, my man? What's going on? That we, we, we changed it up this week on Winky Wednesday. Started with Wink, brought Croc in. Uh, a little bit later. Uh, how was your trip to California, man? You just flew basically in and, and hopped straight on with us. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. I know. I need to take a shower, man. This, I had this crazy layover in Denver, <laughs> 18 hours, Ooh. right? And you so, didn't get a room. Uh, you stayed in the airport the whole time. So I stayed in the airport. So one, I'm a very frugal person. So if I can like pinch pennies anywhere, I'm going to pinch pennies. Now, if, if I was able to, if I flew into Denver and it was like 6 p.m., then I 100% would have caught an Uber, got a hotel room, probably went and watched the Michael Myers movie, chilled, and then, you know, next day checked out, went to the hotel. I mean, went to the airport. But I got in at like 11 p.m. I'm like, man, I, I catch an Uber to a hotel. I check in. By the time I wake up, it's going to be time to check out. And like, do I want to spend all that money? And I don't get to see anything in Denver. So I'm just going to stay in this dirty-ass airport. So that's what I did. <laughs> Did you did you catch some shut eye in the airport? A little bit, but it's like you know, there's like this little like uh, kind of I don't want to call it a lobby. It was just kind of like a little rest area, kind of. I guess you had like you know some chairs, uh, you know, you could charge your phone, stuff like that. And I put like kind of these chairs together to where I could like stretch my feet out and like sleep a little bit. I maybe got two hours of sleep, maybe, but nothing like you know, nothing too crazy. I'd be more worried about going to bed than taking a shower. To be honest, Croc, if I was you. 
Although you got to wash uh, that airport off yourself. So shower then sleep, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's the order of things. Yeah. And I'm I'm like a person like like I shower for sure twice a day. Like if I don't, at least once like so I don't go and I just went a stretch of 24 hours basically without showering because you know, and like that's that's unlike me. So I, I feel like I feel like everybody can smell me, you know, when you get to that point where it's like, oh, I just we can. feel gross. I can smell you through the computer. Yeah, yeah that's, that's you got to <laughs> remedy that situation. How yeah. many showers do you take with one towel? Oh, so this is a great question because it was, I want to say Michael Keese brought this up. I think it was, uh, I thought it was maybe uh, a Trey from the, the show that you now host, Locked On NFL Draft. I thought it was a Locked On NFL Draft thing maybe, but yeah, maybe Michael Kiss, maybe um, Michael Kiss, maybe Trevor Sikama, one of those guys. Yeah, He brought it up. I think he said it's two uses maximum. That's crazy to me. I, I'm using mine for a week straight. Oh, for a, a week. At the end of the week, least. then I'll, you know, yep. I'll wash it or grab a new towel or whatever. But I'm using it I, five days. I'd say I for sure use the same towel for five days. I mean, in my 20s, I would let wait until my towel could walk away on its own and, and go wash itself. Like, it, I, I would wait a while. But now I kind of leave it up to my wife, and, and she kind of filters them through. Usually she's on top of that kind of thing. But, yeah, after a week, you, you, you once you sense it and you feel it. But at the same time, like, I'm clean. I'm drying off a clean person right. with the towel. It's just getting wet and then drying again for the most part for a few days. Right. But after a while, yeah, you, you can definitely start to tell you when you touch it. You're like, yeah, you know what? It's time for a new towel. Yeah. As long as you hang it proper, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. You can't, yeah, you can't let towel. it stay damp and throw it in a clump right. on the floor or anything like that. Michael said two uses, though. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's, that's a little extreme. Trevor, yeah. I think, said one use. He said one and done, which no. is insanity. That's like not even good for the environment to be doing that much laundry. Yeah, I was gonna say, bad. like how how one, how many towels does he have? Two, how much <laughs> do, detergent does he go through? There's a whole room just full of towels. Hand wash only. <laughs> this is the towel room. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh Croc, during your travels, did you listen to the interview with John Lynch and Matt Mayoko from NBC Sports? Oh yeah. You you mean the guy that's a, a liar because he kept he keeps mm. touching his ear. Yeah, he's so I only heard it, but then I saw somebody bring that up on Twitter that the video version he looked a little uncomfortable and maybe oh. talking about a team in crisis sort of pinched his ear a little bit. And maybe that I mean, is there something going on behind the scenes, Croc? Is that the feeling you get? <laughs> he was up there sweating, that's for sure. Like, as somebody that has lied a lot throughout my life, you know, not, not anymore, but I can identify a liar. And he looked, he looked very uncomfortable with answering those questions. He didn't look like the confident John Lynch that we're used to seeing, you know, that just has the answers. He feels calm. He's smiling. He says these things. And this was a little like kind of forcing a smile, stumbling over his words, uh, you know, uh, touching his ears multiple times and just everything looked like someone that was very uncomfortable and that is extremely aware of the perception of him and Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle Shanahan. So I've, picked up on it and we and I talked about it a little bit like he he need it, it, whenever he's done with football he could probably have a career in politics because I only heard the audio version and um it, and he really hit all those talking points that he wanted to hit and what really stuck out stuck out to me when he talked about the team I think he was a little more honest maybe not the the crisis stuff but who knows I mean who's going to admit they have a crisis you know right like I, I'm you know my I'm a mess but I'm not going to admit I'm a, a crisis necessarily cuz right. you know maybe I can can fake it and you guys probably can't tell as well put together as I am I can slap on a hoodie and pretend that uh, I'm not in crisis uh, as he touches but, his ear <laughs> yeah uh, uh, you probably can't tell um, 
but when he started talking about the players, it was like, oh, John Lynch, you got to at least change up your answers. You can't give the same answer about Brandon right. Ayuk and Ambry Thomas and Aaron Banks and every single player they ask you about. You can't have the same answer, which was essentially he's working hard, working and, hard. And it's an extremely at, important year for blank. And, and we're going to be at our best when he's ready to go and a really important player for the, it's really important that this player becomes a good player for us. Uh, in my belief, it's, it's going to be a great player for us at some point this year. He'll, he'll be helping us win games. Like which player is that about? All of, the above. All of them, that was I all guess. Of them. Yeah, mixed them all together. Oh, how about this one? Still believe he'll be a really good football player for us, working incredibly hard, very encouraged, wasn't quite ready at the start of the year. That was Ambry Thomas's quote. But I mean, a lot of those when really you're G- sounded the same. When you're a GM and like you brought those guys in and you pay them money, like you got to believe that your guys are it, right? I mean, you don't want to start being like, nope, he's a bust. You know, he's still on your football team. Like you, you need to have at least some support for these guys, right? And also, of course, like there's some truth to it. I think because they drafted Aaron Banks high. He's the he's the GM that just drafted Aaron Banks with the top fifty pick. I'm sure he still believes six months later. It's not be like, oh, he looks terrible now. You know, like I can't believe what he looks like in person. But I've I've listened to a lot of John Middlecoff, and Middlecoff touched on the fact that like. Within the first like couple of weeks of like OTAs and stuff, like they know if they're in trouble or not with the draft pick. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of right. times, the, the draft pick will show you know flashes of like, okay, you know, okay, got something there, some things to work with. Then there are some guys that are just like this guy can't play. Like, what do we get ourselves into? And I don't know if they're going through that with Banks and uh, Ambry Thomas. I say with Ambry Thomas, at least I-, I could see it. Like I could see why you drafted him late third round, almost fourth round. Like it was really late. Um, you know, but just, you know, the physical, uh, you know, capabilities, the athleticism, uh, you know, I, I could see where you take a flyer on him. But second round with Aaron Banks, that's one where, like, that's a high draft pick. Yeah. Late late third, basically a fourth. You're talking about comp picks in the third. I, okay, if I miss on that, whatever. Second round, high pick, you got you to hit on that, especially a guard. Yeah, like, and- that's supposed to be guaranteed. I mean, obviously with, with uh, Garnett. Or, it, you know, it wasn't that way. But when you look at him, okay, Banks, like, second-round guard, that's supposed to be, like, plug-and-play. And we're seeing that with a lot of the other teams. I keep hearing, oh, yeah, rookie guard. Yeah, they really did good with him. Right. Got drafted in the fifth round, sixth round. And I'm hearing <laughs> that every game I turn to, turn on this year, guys are being able to plug-and-play. Aaron Banks, he's not even suiting up. So that that that's one where – you and I, Peacock, we talked about it in our evaluation of him. What we were seeing was not aligning with what they were telling us he mm-hmm. was. But now it's like he's not not it's not even that, well, he's not uh, you know, he's he's not a starter, which with how bad Brunsko is playing, you would expect him to be able to crack that lineup. He's not even active on game mm-hmm. day. That's 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 tough. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. even have a uniform on to run on the field if Daniel right. Brunskill's playing like a, a 14 grade from from PFF, and it's funny because John Lynch brought that up, and he says Daniel Brunskill's a really hard guy to beat out, and I don't, and I think Brunskill's out of position. <laughs> Brunskill's not even a guard, right? He's a bulked up tight end that should be playing swing tackle. That's what Brunskill right. is, right? That's where he was at his best. And I actually, and, and it was crazy because when the whole Staley thing was happening, I'm like, man, I, they might have a replacement in Brunskill because I, th- I thought he played that well at tackle. Now maybe not a long term five to ten year guy at that position. And I think he's older, so he wouldn't play, probably play that long anyways. But, you know, a guy that could fill in for a year, 
at tackle while Staley retires. I thought he's a guy that could could do something like that. But at guard, he's kind of getting pushed around a little bit. And he had one game against Aaron Donald that was mm. really good. And a lot of people, you know, started to kind of run with that. Like, oh, he's the Donald killer and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, right. Like, he's getting killed by everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess J.J. Watt is the Brunskill killer then in that case. There you go. <laughs> right. So I, I think essentially what we're saying is the 49ers scouting department needs a better O-line, O-line scouter, right? I mean, yeah, I just mean, keep missing. I don't. I don't know what it is. There's some holdovers from the old regime. Like, who, if the same guy wrote the report on Joshua Garnett, who wrote the report on Aaron Banks, you got to fire that guy. Like, yeah, sorry, he's out. You got to go with the scoreboard on that one. And I don't know if it's right. Ethan Waugh or That's- if it's um, uh, uh, Adam Peters or, you know, maybe I, I don't know who that is or if this is, they were head coach decisions. But the Joshua, here's the funny thing about those two picks Aaron Banks, to me, didn't look like he fit Shanahan's offense. And Joshua Garnett, to me, didn't look at all like he fit what I thought was coming in Chip Kelly's offense was going to be more movement up front, you know, more zone, more outside zone, not the power scheme we had seen before with the 49ers and go fast and have a lot of plays, you know, a Chip Kelly offense. And Joshua Garnett didn't speak to any of that at all. So I was like, well, that pick doesn't make sense at all. So clearly in those days, though, it was Balky's picks and not Chip Kelly's picks, I think. But Chip Kelly also, you know, coached against him so maybe he saw you know the Oregon Stanford thing and thought he was a really good player and and signed off on it I don't know some of those some of those picks don't make sense but one of the things that stood out is Mayoko asked Lynch does it matter that the later picks are outperforming the early picks and Lynch talked about how they do a lot of self-scouting and try to figure out what things that they're looking at that work well what they're missing on Uh, and he said yeah it does matter but then he also that's when he went into uh, it's really important that you know Aaron Banks the Aaron Banks of the world become players for us. And it's my belief right. that he's going to be a great player going forward. So, and Mayoko had asked about other players. He didn't even ask about Aaron Banks. And Lynch brought Banks up and said, you know, it's really important that the Aaron Banks has become really good players for us. Yeah. It, you know, it. you don't want to overreact. I think it's tough when, you know, everything is worse when the 49ers are losing, right? They're right. two and three at the bye week. And you want to see them doing better. Then you're looking at guys that they're drafting. It's like, well, this guy's supposed to be able to come in and play and be able to help, especially in a, a spot where the, the right side of your offensive line is the weakness and you're drafting this guy to play there. But like everybody else, like Trey Lance, sometimes development takes time. I, I think the issue, even with that, is you and I, when we looked at Banks, said this is not it's not a fit. And they, they told us how athletic he was. And it's like, that's not what's on film. No. When guys gave him a bit of trouble right now, he'd just reach out and grab him. He was a big wall. And I think if you're looking for someone in more of a power scale, like Banks would probably be perfect for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, yeah. like a, a, a power scheme, guys right in front of him, move a guy forward. But you start mm. doing some movement stuff. I didn't think it was a fit. And I don't know if it ever will be unless he just loses miraculously, you know, 40 pounds. You know, I would maybe the Niners and Steelers could – work a little swap because Kendrick Green, although Kendrick Green's actually playing and starting for the Steelers as center. Say, they don't want to they do drafted that. Kendrick Green the pick before <laughs> the Niners selected Sermon in the third round. Kendrick Green, really athletic center. I thought he was going to be a, a total Shanahan guy in the draft, could play a little center, a little guard. Maybe that could be a, a trade for the 49ers and Steelers to pull off. Speaking of trades, there is a question here. we got to get to some of these listener questions. Uh, one more note I have on John Lynch coming up. In life, we're all bound for different things. With BeachBound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion. How about bound for 
rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected, which is always the best parts of any vacation, right? Probably the best part of a beach resort is the poolside bar, or maybe you got to have drink in hand, so beverage up top, also feet in water. So whether that's at the beach, you're all the way down at the water with your feet in the water, or you're at the poolside bar, that is the place to be. Uh, tacos in the other hand, also a great vibe. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be with beachbound.com. You can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Whether it's specialty flavors like the new marshmallowy puff built bars or the recently released cookie dough chunk or all of their original flavors, peanut butter being my favorite, cherry barcia has actually grown on me quite a bit as well as has mint brownie. I always like anything sweet that involves mint. Double chocolate, salted caramel, or coconut, whatever your flavor, there's something for everyone at Built. Dot com high in protein and low in sugar and all the good things you want in a snack and 15% cheaper because you are a listener to this podcast just use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com not sure what flavor you want to get a box of we'll get a mix box maybe you skipped lunch before or after a workout maybe you need a pick me up maybe uh, just a quick bite before the back nine instead of grabbing whatever sausage roll whatever stuff you're gonna eat while you're on the golf course actually give yourself some protein and some power through the back nine and not feel weighted down by a massive meal and then go beat your buddies out there on the golf course again that's 15% off promo code locked 15 at built.com a couple of quick things I took from the John Lynch interview. One, uh, going to start moving Nick Bosa around a little more. Maybe I think they're just going to try to get him away from those chips and and make it not so easy for an offense to know where he is to double team him and some of those things. I think that's smart. Um, but the other thing, Croc, and I think you'll like this one is we, we're wondering where the hell Diamador Lenore went, right? And he's been pretty much absent since the Green Bay game, the very end of the game. Uh, and he talked about Demo said he really impressed us and that he has some flexibility outside and inside. And then he said there's a lot to learn at nickel with run fits, and it's a different position. So I think we're on to something there where they're training him up to be a nickel now, and he, he's not quite ready there because all all you know spring and summer he trained to play outside. And I think maybe that's why he's not on the field because he's basically switching positions. That's And, and I said that on uh, an episode last week mm -hmm. where – you know, he had to play outside because of a lot of the injuries that they had going on. But ideally, he's more of a nickel. But there's so much more to learn at that position, whether it's with the angles, whether it's with understanding where your help is inside, being on the same page with the linebackers, understanding your leverage, and then also, you know, just being able to cover, which I think he does that part well. But it just was easier for them to plug in a guy like Dante Johnson, who is well-versed and understands the scheme and, and all those things that you want Lenore to, to, to learn. Long-term, Lenore is the guy. But right now... There's just so much to learn at that nickel spot. So that's what I was assuming, that he just has to learn more and get the mental aspect because outside, it's easy. Cover one, cover two, cover three. You have some different checks and stuff when guys start their motion, but in that nickel spot, man, there's a lot going on there. That's why Croc never played nickel. That's why Croc never played safety, and he had no hands. That's why Croc was moved from wide receiver to corner. Well, first of all, I had super hands, but <laughs> the, the safety spot – you're on there. Yeah. Nickel. 
I wasn't built for that. Like my movements are too long. Safety, I was when I uh, Tim McDonald, former 49er, Tim McDonald had asked, like, hey, like my workout, like, have you ever played safety? And I was like, no, but I can. So we get to OTAs and I start to see all that goes into playing safety. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not playing safety. Dude, they are literally the quarterback of the defense. They're they are, it was, it was, I mean, so much on their shoulders, understanding the strengths, the weaknesses, getting guys lined up. You have this, you have that. Understanding the leverage, knowing the linebacker spots, the corner spot. I mean, there was so much. I said, dude, there is no way. Put me on the outside, cover one, cover two, cover three. I'll be good there. Wink, what do you think here? Trade deadline's coming up late October. 49ers made a big move a few years ago, 2017, bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo. Could they send him out? Uh, Anthony on Twitter says, not giving up on the season, but could the 49ers be sellers before the trade deadline in order to recoup some draft picks and who would have value? Jimmy Ward, Jaquaski Tart, Mike McGlinchey, Jimmy G are the names he throws out there. What do you think? Would you be shopping players? Would it take a couple of more losses? Then you start shopping players. How do you feel about the deadline? Or should the 49ers be buyers and try to add the piece that they need to get them over the hump? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is the obvious choice there, right? I mean, you went out and you put a lot of picks into Trey Lance. You want him to be your future. Uh, I think that the wins obviously have a lot to do with it. If they come out and they lose against Indianapolis – Ooh, you start freaking out, right? You start probably thinking, okay, maybe this is going to be one of those seasons where let's just get Trey in there. You know, but then if you do that, then does Jimmy really have any value out there? Because everybody knows you're just going to end up cutting him anyways, you know, at the end of the season. Um, I don't think they touch the defense. I think the defense is so solid right now. I, I And they're playing well. And I don't think you could really give up a piece like Jimmy Ward. I mean, yeah, you know, he's only got the one-year contract. There's a few guys out there, too, that have real – Real small contract. So if you could, I think you know, Ward has. Didn't Ward sign a three-year deal last year? So he should. So have, he's got two left. Have this and one more year. I think Tart and McGlinchey are. Well, McGlinchey has his fifth-year option, but his last year of his rookie contract is this year, so he gets expensive. The question becomes, would it, what's he worth? Though? So Tart is a, would be a rental for a team. You would get almost nothing. I think for all right. these guys, you would get very little. Garoppolo at this point, it would make total like if you wanted to go to Trey, just end the controversy right. and trade Jimmy G if someone's willing to trade for him. But here's the thing. Is someone going to give up a pick and pay the rest of his salary, which is which is high? A lot of money. So I think the time to trade Jimmy was February. Once you decided to go ahead with Jimmy, that gets a lot more difficult. Maybe if some contender really gets desperate, but I don't see teams that are looking for a future quarterback giving up a lot for Jimmy. I don't think teams that are good, most of those teams don't have enough salary space to bring on Jimmy. You know, like, I don't know, Miami, I'd if see, Tua, like, I, went in the tank or something. But I would rather go with Tua if I was them than Jimmy because uh, Tua's kind of left-handed Jimmy anyway. I've heard <laughs> Cleveland be thrown around, and, you know, like, that. that's tough because – Next year, you, you're not going to have any use for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So and you got to pay. Scenario, well, actually, though, yeah, because then you got to pay Baker next year. Yeah. That's something they got to right. figure out. So you would have to get rid of Jimmy at that point. But you know, that's a, a future problem. That's okay. But just fitting his own salary this year would be tough for a lot of teams too. Yeah. Well, you know, Baker has that shoulder injury, so mm -hmm. I don't know if he's going to end up getting surgery on that Lambrum. If he does, he'll miss the rest of the year, and that's a team where they're like, "Dude, we can't, uh, we can't afford to miss this guy." So. I think if there was an, a, a team that's like, hey, we'll give you a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. And mm. again, if you're the 49ers, you, you justify it. it by saying, we have to get right. this capital back for him. And we'll go with the rookie. I think everybody will understand it yep. from that standpoint. And it makes sense for the Browns, at least in the present. And then the Browns can turn around 
and flip Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason. And we've seen that with some teams. Was it Brock Osweiler or something? He got traded like multiple times in a short stint. We've seen things mm-hmm. like that happen. Definitely not something that happens a lot, especially with the quarterback position. But with, with a team like the Browns that could be a little desperate, I could see them maybe pulling a trigger or something like that. I would for sure trade Mike McGlinchey if a team was offering something for him because I'm definitely not going to pay his – I'm not going to re-sign him. And he's right. going to go into the last year of his contract next year. Uh, and I probably don't really want to, with all the free agents the 49ers have, I probably don't really want to pay his fifth-year option as a number nine overall pick next year either. But I don't think the 49ers view him that way at all. I think the 49ers are fine with him and would not want to screw with their team and not want to screw with players who were starting for them. So uh, to be, if I had to put money on it, I would say the 49ers don't trade away anybody and might, you know, add somebody for a sixth or seventh round future pick. How how impressed were the 49ers with more, you know, the fifth round uh, sure. tackle? And, and that mm-hmm. could be something that makes a guy like McGlinchey expendable. And yeah. it's like, yeah, we can move on from you because we've got this young guy. He's played well, and now he gets all the reps, and we kind of just build on whatever it is that he is and get rid of a guy like McGlinchey that has been really kind of inconsistent. Or but if, if you roll off a couple of wins in a row, you know, do you take a risk like that? You know, so no. I think it all comes down. Yeah, it, all it would have to be to some losses piling up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and, and like, what about this? We talked about Brunskill. What if Brunskill would then kick out to right tackle if Aaron Banks actually did show up and start playing like a, a second round pick at guard? And then, you know, you could fill that right tackle role that way. Because I don't think Jalen Moore played a lot of right tackle in camp either. I think he's played mostly on the left side. But there are some options there, and I would definitely trade, trade McGlinchey. I don't think the 49ers would, even if a team – Maybe a guy like Ebicam, hmm. where maybe he hasn't been as good yeah. as you thought he possibly would be. And if a team is willing to give up some sort of a draft pick, whether it's a fifth or sixth-round pick this year or maybe you know something next year, that might be something where you're like, you know what, we'll just move off of him right now. He hasn't really given us anything. But there is some potential for him to be good, or maybe another team has uh, – other plans on how to utilize him. And I think one thing that kind of gets a little bit overlooked is who has coached him. And, you know, he played with the Rams with the guy uh, for the uh, Chargers, right? The the defensive coordinator, Allen, right? From uh, He was with the Rams last year. He's with the Chargers now. He could be somebody that's like, well, okay, every game, he's, he's available. I used I utilized him in this way. I know he was successful doing that. We'll throw the 49ers a six-round pick. And get him, and we'll use him in a certain way. So, I mean, there, you know, things like that happen yeah, as well. I could see that. They want a little speed off the edge, and he's already used him in his defense and knows how to utilize a player like that and wants some reinforcements down the stretch for the Chargers. Uh, or what about McGlinchey to the Jets? Hmm. The Jets coaching yeah. staff that came from the 49ers, they know him well. Did they like him, or are they like, thank God we don't have McGlinchey over here? I was going to say, <laughs> maybe they're excited to be away from that. I feel bad. I, I don't I don't want to crush McGlinchey too bad, but he, he's, he needs to play better for sure. Real quick note here from uh, Matt Bowen, who's part of the NFL Matchup Show. Explosive plays in the past game this season. Explosive plays are 20-plus yards through week six. The 49ers rank 30th out of 32 NFL teams. They have 13 explosive passing plays. All the teams that are in the top five are pretty good teams, except for one, Minnesota, who's a 500 team. Everybody else, some of the better teams in the league, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Rams, Las Vegas, 4-2, and two. Um, Arizona's un- unbeaten and Dallas has you know an awesome offense and they've they're we're talking about 32 31 26 25 explosive pass plays Niners are at 13 only mm-hmm. two teams 
have fewer explosive pass plays, which is not surprising to anybody who's watched the 49ers this year. Yeah, they're just well, not even taking the shots, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We're really over the last couple of years, right? Like, yeah. if you think about a lot of their explosive plays, what have they come off of? And a lot of them are catch and run. Catch and run, yeah. Mm-hmm. They end up, you know, it's it's a it's a seven yard slant, and you know, a guy catches it in stride and, and runs for another 15, 20 yards, and that ends up being an explosive play. Haven't had as much as that. They, now the dialed up uh, deep shots, those come here and there, but they've always kind of come here and there. The where the consistent explosive plays come from. One also, oh, you said in the passing game because I was going to say Raheem Mostert, we're missing him in that aspect. In the, the big run play game, running game, oh, yeah, yeah has But been in the passing much. game, we haven't we haven't had those big hitters on those slants or you know consistently the deep overs. I was watching Tannehill and and uh, the Tennessee Titans late in that game and how they kept hitting that over route with uh, AJ Brown and it was just boom, got him, boom, got him, and I was just like, man, explosive plays. Forty Nineers are missing that right now. Let's end this on a positive note from Niner Nut. He says, is it me or do the 49ers look like one of the healthier teams heading into week seven? The whole league is banged up. I mean, yeah, the 49ers have dealt with some injuries, but there's a lot of teams that have it way worse than the 49ers. One thing that hurts the Niners is that Kittle's one of their best players been hurt and then their quarterback situation. Um, but they, you know, they have a better backup situation at quarterback now than they did before. So that hasn't hurt the 49ers as much but yeah there's a ton of injuries around the league that's i don't think that can be an excuse for the 49ers right now especially running back look at what baltimore's doing with their entire right. stable of running backs gone or um now the the browns have lost their both their stark running backs um the the rams have had running backs injuries um there's another obvious team basically every team in the league, uh, chris mccaffrey you know uh, on ir again basically the only team that hasn't had a hurt running back is the freak of nature that is derrick henry like I don't, I can't believe what that guy's doing right now in this day and age. Like he's a different dude. Dude, it's Oof. it's weird because I don't like the way he runs typically. Like when he's coming out of college, that's not something that's intriguing to me because mm-hmm. like, well, you can't cut left, can't cut right. Right. That guy, man, when he when he comes and if there's any kind of hole there, he puts his foot in the ground. He gets north right now. He is tough to bring down. And I didn't know how consistent it would be. But the way he's been running, I mean, it's like, is he the greatest running back ever <laughs> over the last couple of years? <laughs> he's on pace right now for like 2,100 yards. Yeah, yeah. And he's two-time defending rushing champ. Like, it's crazy what this guy's doing, man. Yeah, three-year stretch. It's just absurd. And, and Wink, you would appreciate this. Croc, I don't know. Did you play a lot of Tecmo Bowl back in the day, or are you strictly a Madden guy? Because Derrick Henry does the Tecmo Bowl run where you only have a few directions. You go that way, or you go yeah. diagonal 45 degrees, or you're going 90 degrees right. <laughs> and he hits that 45-degree <laughs> angle and finds that hole. And it's like, wow, how did he find that hole there? Yeah, yeah he's got He's got that Tecmo Bowl Bo Jackson speed, too, where once he gets top speed, you're not catching him. Like he's going to pull away. Absolutely. Man, yeah, I played, I played Tecmo Bowl, man. I'm, 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 not, I'm not too much younger than y'all. A lot, of, a lot of listeners out there are mad that you guys were all talk and did not have the Madden showdown during the bye week. I'm pretty the disappointed. Listeners could buy us too. Madden and we'll play. Well, I have Madden, but I have <laughs> not played. Like I don't want to say I've outgrown Madden. But this year, this is one of the first years where I've kind of fallen back on the league, and you can say it. I'm just, I have a lot of other things kind of, you know, going yeah. on right now to where it's just like it just took my attention away from Madden. Madden is the one place where I kind of x things out a little bit. Yeah, Madden 2013. I'll play you anytime. <laughs> You're a busy guy. Uh, how about, uh, yeah, basically 2014, the the last year they had the the NCAA. Because that was all I was all about the NCAA. That game comes out first. You buy that, then you import the rosters to Madden. Then you got the draft classes. That was where it was at for me. I was on that Madden. 
the updated roster of Madden 25, which came out 2014. Oh, we talked about this. What was or your... it came out 2013, but... What was your rating? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we do ask that you dump your trash on the way out. Wow. <laughs> Nicholas. 801. 801. Actual retail price. Oh, 810. It was a little bit lower, I'm guessing, your rating than 801. What, what was the rating? Was it in the 50s? You, you, that like, like 61. That's 62? Okay. Yeah, that's all right. That's respectable. That's, that's playable. Uh, that's that's like a player you'll pick up and put on special I wasn't teams. someone that you could develop. And then once they – it was like an updated uh, preseason one, and then once they updated the regular season, I was gone. So uh, that was it. I had a short stint on Madden. That's cool, though. You More than it. most people can say. Yeah. Well, I know that when Wink made himself on Madden, he was much better than the 62. Uh, I, was, I was like Christian Okoye coming out of the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're out of time here. We've gone over time. In fact, Wink, thank you so much for joining the show. Croc, thank you for uh, hustling to get back from your crazy trip to California. Take a shower. You, you've hit, oh, you've hit, what, you've hit 24 of the 50 states. Is that right? This year? Is that what the number was? <laughs> it feels like that. Pretty amazing. And I keep saying, like, I'm not going anywhere else. And then it's like, oh, that's what I'm you said last time. Somewhere else. Yeah. And now you're like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to hit the road. All right. But now I'm really not going anywhere else. All right. right. Croc is here for good. He is, he's going to stay in Arkansas. I'm going to stay in California. Wink, you staying in California on Wednesdays at least? No doubt. All right. We're going to keep doing what we do here every day. Thanks for making us your first listen every day on Lockdown 49ers. See you.